If I could suggest one product, and I suggest this all over the place, uh, if you don't already have it, we have a big gallon of um, Folex. OxyClean. No, no. Fo- Folex. Folex. Yes. Like if you buy a uh, a a a fake branded watch, <laughs> fake is that like the the Jokelies? Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, what did we call them? Did we call them Jokelies? I guess we did. I haven't heard Jokelies in like twenty yeah. years. Yeah, oh, you know man. it's one of those uh, Streisand effects things. I don't think uh, Oakley addressed it at all. They just kind of swept it under the rug and said we're never going to mention Jokelies at all in. In jest, in passing, nothing. And then look, none so, of us talked yeah, about it. What's, what's the Barbara Streisand effect? I so remember the, the Streisand about effect, that, I think, is when you make things worse by calling, uh, by making it, um, bringing it to attention or bringing it to somebody's attention. And, and, and in most cases, it's bringing it to a community's attention or the world's attention. Um, but why it's Streisand? Like, it, um, you know, I, I don't know the exact story what behind that. Something, not, something Barbara Streisand did. 404 J eat pod. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's come up before and I, I, and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And then I, it, in one ear out the other. Is it, but is it really Barbara? Yep, it is. Cause if you go to the Streisand effect on Wikipedia, it shows an image of Barbara Streisand's Malibu house. So it must be around, uh, regarding her. So, Oh, that's Did what she it get is. Like, eh, I'm going to say she got like a divorce and then just never addressed it or something. Very, very close. Um, you know, do and you know what? Maybe we don't know what her husband's name was, but I'll bet you when she kicked him out of the house, you know what she probably said? What do you think? Take off, horkers. <laughs> Round two, baby. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wait, had, what, I had the recorder the, on that time. <laughs> what's the Streisand effect? <laughs> so the Streisand effect, uh, the second paragraph says, it's named after American entertainer Barbara Streisand, whose 2003 attempt to, to suppress photographs of her residence in Malibu inadvertently drew further public attention to it. There you go. And what do you think they have? If I've already mentioned it, but to the immediate right of this, they have a huge image of Barbara Streisand's Malibu house. How do you think well, you can... pre-internet, stu- but like... Uh, yeah, I, true. I mean, I, I guess it's... 2003 is... There's no, there's no quadcopters. There's no drones. None of that stuff. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, weird. Yeah. So, uh, uh, just a quick uh, housekeeping note. Um, uh, I'm having a kid uh, uh, imminently. At the time this episode launches, I will have a kid. I mentioned it on the last episode. I will probably keep mentioning it. Um, so we are. I did absolutely no research for the song. I found it. I played it. And I said, "Hey, we need to like burn through a couple episodes to get nah. content in the in the can." So I said, "We're doing this song." Um, so the next couple episodes will be very uh, random, and uh, and uh, this is the first one. Um, uh, I know that the quote, according to uh, I think Zach on SoundCloud, is that this is in reference to a movie I've never seen uh, that I have since seen clips of. And I guess I kind of get uh, what I can't think of the name. I'm. I'm. Did you notice I was vamping because I couldn't remember the name of the movie? That's oh yeah, Rick strange, Moranis. Yeah, Strange Brew. Strange Brew. There it is. Yeah. Um. And I just out of context, even though I saw the scene from the movie, the the there's a hockey scene at a brewery, I guess, uh, and somebody's playing some funny organ, and it sort of sounds like this song. Is that? Yes, is so that's how I was going to. In context, I was going to. That's sort of the backbone of my entire conversation um, 
was going to be based off of that. The history that, of the hockey organ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly David. Yes, actually, that is um, where I was going to go with this. So check this out. I actually queued this up. If we want to listen to this entire scene, uh, we can. It's it's under we two. We got time, baby. Okay, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I have a, a spot selected, but I'm going to let... I'm just going to let this roll. So it's just going to be two minutes. You're going to hear, um, I don't know how to explain this. Um, <laughs> they're in what looks like, it's a hockey rink, but I think this is some kind of, um, it looks like they're storing beer here. Uh, and and if, just to give people an idea, the, the synopsis uh, is, okay, this is the, the Strange Brew film synopsis. In their quest for free beer, bumbling Canadian brothers Bob, Rick Moranis, and Doug McKenzie, Dave Thomas, not affiliated with Wendy's, wind up working at the Elsinore Brewery. The hapless lads uncover a sinister mind-control plot spearheaded by Brewmeister Smith, played by Max von Sydow, and must stop the scheme, which also involves Uncle Claude, Paul Dooley, a member of the Elsinore family. As Bob and Doug try to prevent Smith from taking over the world, they also manage to drink plenty of their favorite sudsy beverage. Nice. That is the film synopsis. So this scene takes place, I imagine uh, they're playing hockey, and I imagine this is probably for some kind of high stakes, right? (laughs) Yeah. This is a Canadian film. They've got Canadian actors. They're playing hockey, and there's a beer involved. So that sets the scene. It's uh, a couple of minutes of them playing. I don't want to do necessarily a play-by-play. Let's just listen to what it sounds like. And... um, David, if you can, if you can kind of use your ear and and see if you can tell what what kind of sound effects the Foley's used for uh, for the scene here. All oh, right? okay, because I watched the scene and I was like, okay, it's just a hockey scene. But now, without watching yes. it, let's see if I can guess what All these right. sounds are. Okay, I have to go along with this, but don't worry, you won't get hurt. Your equipment should protect you. Being on the same team as you is all the padding I need, Rosie. Are you okay? You okay, Rosie? I'm your father, Luke. Give in to the dark side of the force, you knob. He saw Jedi 17 times, eh? Beauty. Better go to your goals. I really don't get this though. It's like a black team against a white team, but the brothers yeah. are on opposite teams. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> the left uh, nut. I, so uh, it sounds like empty beer cans. That's like, what it or is. Crushed empty beer cans. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. Great. Uh, great call on that one. Yeah. It sounded like, um, yeah, they just took empty beer cans and were probably stepping on them while they were doing the full. Right. Work for yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what makes more sense now? It says, uh, uh, my, a sinister mind control plot spearheaded by Broodmeister Smith. I imagine that those players were probably under some kind of trance. Right. And that that's the why they organ were is, is no, the organ. <laughs> I don't know about that. No. Okay. That's a nice little segue because that's what I want to talk about. Did you catch the organ in this? Uh, there's like one shot of it right at the beginning, exactly. but I so, didn't like really pick up on it at all. All right. I would, um, I don't know if I need to send you this. You can look for it on your, on, on your, on your own. I'm going to describe this, but so for a brief second, it shows the organist up at the top and it's a keyboard, but I could tell that the sound was different, right? It didn't sound like a normal synth. So yeah, it I looked strange. it up and thank goodness there's people on the internet that, um, that, oh. that can provide information, right? That is very just uh-huh. out there. There's just somebody that knows something. So this video is Unidentified Synthesizer, Strange Brew, 1983. Uh, and it says, clip clips of the synthesizer, synthesizer used in the movie to control people's actions. Oh, you're right. You're oh. absolutely right. It is the synthesizer. This is it. The synthesizer, and I'm going to be saying this a lot. If I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. <laughs> the McClavier, Okay. McClavier. May okay. not mean it. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, what if I said something like Fender or maybe something what? that's probably better? Let's say something that's a little bit um, uh, the same kind of story, like the Microsoft Zune. If I said the Zune, uh-huh. this might make more sense to you. So the backstory is that this McClavier is. It's a keyboard or a synthesizer created by, I think at the time when he, le- when he deployed this thing, he was 34 years old. His name is David McClay. He is a Canadian, as you guessed. And it is this amazing 128 voice polyphony or polyphony uh, analog hardware. You can, you can program sounds, but it's got a computer built on it. And if you look at the screenshot for the brief second that... Um, that the organist is playing it, you can kind of see these things on the top and it almost looks like buttons that you could press to, to set something for on the synthesizer. But it's actually a full keyboard. And then in front of that, which is out of out of frame, is uh, a small, I think it's it's got to be green, green screened, uh, a computer screen. Okay. So it's this super computer. And guess how much these things are priced for? At the time At or the now? At the time. Uh, I'm... <sighs> I, I just don't know. For some reason, the number 34,000 is in my head, but I, that's based on nothing other than me guessing. Well, that's it's an sa- excellent guess. Oh, what? Because they they're priced between fifteen dollars and $30,000, depending on the options what? that you want. Yeah, now this thing would be able to, um, like I said, you could program sounds. What they would say is um, um, up to 4,000 sounds, uh, anything from a jet plane's takeoff to a 128-piece orchestra, um, it could print out sheet music and then score what you're playing right on the screen. What? So it seems like this all-in-one sort of synthesizer, but it's very, very Canadian. And I think that also... <laughs> it's an insanely in Canadian with, synthesizer, yes. eh? Yes. And, and I'm reading a People, art, People article, right, uh, from May 10th, 1982. And their article, and this is directly from uh, David McClavier, 
Uh, models range in price from twenty four thousand to seventy thousand. So I think your thirty four is probably a, a, an even better guess wow. there. Wow. I don't know why yeah. I was. Wow, that's insane. But this guy put all of his blood, sweat, and tears into this thing, um, and it was essentially a flop. Unfortunately. Oh my goodness. So Strange Brew used one. And I also checked out, did you ever watch the Hitchhiker TV series on HBO? No. No. Okay. So it's kind of like, if I could describe it, it's sort of like a Twilight Zone version. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. And the, I'll just play a couple seconds, but this one guy, it's his YouTube channel. Um, his name is, well, I'll actually, Paul Hoffert. Uh, he did the opening to Hitchhiker TV series with this same machine or the same synth. So check this oh. out. Oh. It's very dirty. And if I could describe what's happening on this hitchhiker, I guess uh, he's just walking down a desert road in slow motion. <laughs> but you can hear that sound. That sounds synth. cool. It yeah, is. yeah it does thing. sound yeah. cool. So he probably layered it, or if he's using the machine, uh, he programmed it, and then just played it for uh, the producers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually, I was, I was pretty uh, surprised with what, uh, what I found with that, that keyboard. Um. It's just a mix between a synthesizer and if you couldn't tell, so it's his name, which is David McClay. And a clay and this is a tough one too. Do you know what a, a I guess I'm gonna say it wrong here, Clavier is? No, it sounds familiar. Like is it's it, it's an older style. It's it's actually it's so it's a percussion like a wind instrument. instrument? No, it's a percussion, oh, it's a percussion. instrument like okay. like a piano, but it's got a very um I don't know, it's it's not it's not as uh, loud as a piano would be. This thing is, um, it's kind of like what they would describe as a personal instrument. Let me see if <laughs> I can. <laughs> a keyboard instrument, especially with one with strings, such as the harpsichord is a clavier. Yes. And this is what it sounds like. Here, I queued one up. Do you think this is a missed opportunity for rock bands? Uh, are they, the are they not leveraging the harpsichord and clavichord? Should they be? I mean, only like bands that sing like pirate shanties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, um, you know, I think like maybe, um, what's that? Who, Dave King is the lead singer of uh, Flogging Molly probably has harpsichord in their songs. You think, you think he does in the back? I just feel like this is something that is so it's it's you know that the, the uh, what is it they say a style is cyclical. This could totally come oh, back yeah, around. Huh? I mean, this stuff was it's baroque music, right? And yeah. so, what is that? Uh, is that all the way back to th- the 1300s? This could easily yep. come back, and I don't know if Jimmy World would ever incorporate one, but no, now that they have their keyboardist, I think it would be pretty sick. You know, in the middle, oh, instead yeah. of one of those, Fuck, should... the shoegazy breakdowns, it's just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
That'd be a sick. That'd be a sick um, playing from uh, <laughs> in the middle of uh, I don't know something like all the way stay <laughs> like get yeah out with the sax and in with the clavier. Yeah, and that's another thing is how to pronounce it. I don't know. There's different. Uh, uh, let's see. Diff- uh, Germans, Germans say clavier, clavier. Uh-huh. So they accent the beginning clavier. The French, which is probably the most uh, uh, correct way of saying it, is, is clavier. 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 Yeah, of course. I e r. Yeah. And then there's the English, which is all harsh. Clavier. Clavier. Yeah, clavier. What does Google say? Uh, let's listen. Oh, she's doing hard. Uh, go, yeah, you do it because I don't have the sound. Google Clavier, um, how to speak. Well, how do you do it with Google? Do you just, I just type uh, the word Clavier into Google and uh, then how, there's a little speaker there I can click. Clavier. All right, let's see. There it is. Clavier. Ooh, boy. Oh, interesting. That is Clavier. Clavier. <laughs> if, if I. <laughs> <laughs> we are pretty bad. If I switch it to English, let's see what it says. Clavier. Ah, yeah, that is harsh. Clavier. She sounds Clavier. like it's some kind of it's like something that a, a teenager would get. They would contract in uh in high school. <laughs> Clavier. Clavier. I got the Clavier. Clavier. Mhm. It comes yeah. from the so Latin that's, clavis, which is key. There you go. Clavis, key. So, I guess clavier would be a keyer, right? Uh, I like guess, a key yeah. or a key keyboard, right? Because then the medieval Latin is clavarius, which is the key bearer, and then the French change it to clavier. I love yeah, our weird. etymology lessons, man. I, they, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> these are <laughs> the best what, apps. There's Those are what is keeping the pod afloat, right? Is just that when we <laughs> learn these difficult words. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's it's an it's a very rare synthesizer that was created by a Canadian. It's in a Canadian movie, and uh, it sounds cool. And and it apparently has a much bigger role than I had initially thought in the film. So it controls the mind of all the players. Hmm. Right. So, but we haven't even I spoke, guess you've seen the movie. I haven't spoken seen. about horking hork. Uh, so yeah, they don't you even used say it. it in the scene. No. And I looked but, at the script, right? So if I do a script, um, if I look at the script in its entirety and look for Hork, it only shows up three times. Well, that's way more than I thought. So why does it come up in the script? Um, so it comes up after that scene in the, uh, in the ice rink. So they get back and Doug and Bob are looking at each other and they go back, they open up their, um, their lockers and they go, hey, somebody horked our clothes. <laughs> and then and then Bob, Bob goes, geez, who'd want to hork our clothes, eh? And that's it. That's the first. And then they're walking with somebody. And this is, I love this part. They're, they're walking with somebody down the hallway. And then they go, don't be a bully, eh? Hey, there's the guys that horked our clothes. And then they wave at them, right? <laughs> Just like, like total Canadians. <laughs> I, that's great. So I guess the one who did the horking would be a horker then. Yes, they are the horkers. Yes, so they, <laughs> and they're they're then telling them to take off or I imagine leave that the Zach, vicinity. Zach is saying, "Yes, get out of here!" Uh, like scram those that steal things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume you also came across the other horker online. The only other place the word horker comes up. 
Mm, do you, and have you ever played this this video game? No, no. So <laughs> it's Skyrim. The uh-huh. timing is right though, because the Horker first appeared in the Elder Scrolls Three Blood Moon, which was released in two thousand three. Um, uh huh. And this this was posted nine years ago. Yeah. So well after. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it could work. But I mean, here's the thing: is I was gonna go down that path, but you search the script; they do say Hork in the film. So yes, uh, yeah. And I don't I, even think it was that easy for me to find. I had to go looking for it, <laughs> especially because I was looking for Horker, and they yeah. just say Hork. And Does Hork. Zach seem like a gamer? I I don't know if he games or not. I he don't seems know. Like he he'd seems be more into gaming. I think he wouldn't write it off, but I don't know if he actively plays. I'd love to ask him. I know that he's into sports, and that's where I'd fall apart. That's where you come in, David. You I, I like come. baseball, and that's about it. And I like the hey, Dodgers. Man, I, and but I think it. he's into all sports. He's been, you know, whatever the whatever the the reason for the season is. If it's basketball season, I know that that's what he's posting about. Or if it's baseball, yeah. you know, he's talking about the Diamondbacks. But um, uh, yeah, I, I could see him. Maybe he has a, a nephew or something, and he sat down and watched him play. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, maybe it's yeah. this mythical. And he's like, "What are those?" You're manage- like, "Those are horkers." And he's like, "Did you just say horkers?" And then he remembered, "Oh, they they stole our clothes, eh? They horked our clothes." <laughs> um, I I apologize in advance if if you know how you you, you hang out with somebody, um, or you're you're reading something a certain way and you can't help but get that uh, the accent or that dialect. You adopt I, 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 I there, yeah. Fall, I keep falling into it, man. Did so you I watch apologize in advance if I start today? to sound if I start to sound a little Canadian, eh? It's sorry. <laughs> it's my actually sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Man, we've got it. I loved. Are you afraid of the dark? When I was a kid, because they always said sorry on it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, didn't they? Didn't they film most of that stuff that was on Nickelodeon up in New Jersey? Because I thought a lot uh, of those shows I they feel did like up there. Um, I feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark was a port over. Like it was a can it was a CBC show that Nickelodeon bought. Um mm-hmm. I actually toyed around with the idea of starting an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. And actually it's a Ooh. very saturated market. So Yeah. But they uh <laughs> they put all the episodes up for sale on Voodoo for ten dollars, so I bought them. Um All of them for ten bucks, huh? All of them for ten bucks. So uh, anyway, that's that's and it's a, a bummer. I imagine that they're not in HD, so you've got to watch them. They're not, but they look good. Yeah, I'm sure that it's as clean as they can be once they've been yeah. digitized. Yeah, I, and actually, yeah, I think analog. all of the crew are like Davaro, like D A V R A U X, like <laughs> name. So I'm pretty sure that's a Canadian show. What else was there? I, I watched the Tomorrow People, which Nickelodeon bought from the BBC. I think it was like a. Well, wasn't there also um, Alex Mack? She's, Alex Mack she, was done in the states, but I don't. Was yes, it Jersey? She is definitely Canadian. She's got to be. Oh, Larissa Olenek. Yeah. Oh, man. I was watching 10 Things I Hate About You. And like, you know, like you're like when you're a kid and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so in love with this girl. And then when you grow up and you look back and you're like, I don't know, they were whatever. No, I watched 10 Things I Hate About You the other night. And no, Larissa Olenek is like the the genuine article. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she was in Mad Men. Yeah. Still yeah, looks she good. Played, uh, yeah, she looked great. Um, so she's a gem. <laughs> yeah so she's canadian I, yeah. eh yeah i i can i don't i don't even want to i'm gonna go ahead and say yes i'm not even gonna look it up i'm gonna say this <laughs> she can't be known we just God, have to well I, you, know you know what if not four if, eight four if, if larissa Olenek is listening to this she can call the pod and let us know yeah 
Well, I do know that we do have some some uh, listeners above the border, so they're going to love this episode. That's right. I, I mean, know, pretty I much I, we're a Canadian pod, right? We started because essentially, of Blink-155. Yes. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're the most Canadian, LA-based Jimmy World podcast. Well, when you find your market, you just you go there, right? Yeah. That's what that's yeah. who we're that's who we're catering to now. Well, okay. With all the Strange Brew and Skyrim talk, is there anything else to say about Takeoff Workers? <laughs> No, uh, not really. No. Oh, okay. I think that's about it. There's, uh, you know, these two. There's actors no covers came... online of it, right? <laughs> uh, no, no. But these two guys, they came from SCTV, which is good, uh, good blood, good yeah. uh, comedians. There. Let's see, who is it? Mike Myers, Tina Fey, Steve Carell, John yeah. Candy, and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Tina Fey is not from. She's. You're saying Second City. She's from Second City. Yes. Yes. Not from she's not from Canada though. Uh no, she is not. But she is yeah. from um th- and I guess I should say this is from SC the SCTV. Uh this was a sketch on that, which did have John Candy and I don't know if John if if Mike Myers was on that, but uh definitely uh, part yeah. of that. That comedy would be interesting troupe. if he was on both SCTV and SNL. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Um yeah, what was I gonna say? Was definitely oh. on SNL. The last thing, because there are no covers, is I actually discovered this song by, like, I think we were looking for Jimmy Eat World covers, and I saw this Takeoff Horkers listed on many a SoundCloud, and it was all the exact same version. So people, like, downloaded the original. Fr- I had to finally trace it back to Jimmy Eat World's SoundCloud account to know that it was a quote-unquote Jimmy Eat World song. <laughs> um, and right. uh, And I was like, all of these people... I now I did not click into their profiles to see if they explained why it was on their profile, but I probably saw it on at least ten other profiles, at least, and probably more. And I would just play the first second, and I'd be like, "That's the same version. That's the same right. version." I was like, "Are these covers of some song I don't know?" Um. So yeah. Anyway, and that's... and the uh, the description from Jimmy World is just totally inspired by the hockey scene in Strange Brew. So here Shall we are I play talking it? about. It? <laughs> oh, the song? Yeah, why yeah, not? It's, it's under a minute. Here we go. Take off, Horkers. Jimmy Eat World. If they got that weird instrument for that, I'm wondering the same thing. If they came across one, it doesn't sound exactly like it, but it doesn't no, mean and that I'm they sure dialed that they, in the same sound. Maybe, and you know how you kind of fiddle around with MIDI setups and, and, and they've got so many because it's these settings for all of these voices are just so small. So they right. have hundreds and hundreds i wonder if someone came across one that was titled that and they go hey this is that that uh that weird uh you know rare <laughs> oh you hork the strange <laughs> yeah. brew sound eh and then they played it and then zach said let's lay this down and record this because <laughs> it definitely has that uh that's i don't know if it's a sine wave or what but it's that 
I'm so bad with um with with MIDI and and uh, digital sound, but it's got that really gravelly, low, yeah. deep. Um, synth I can make noise. up musical terms too. It sounds like a gated snare on this. Uh. Mm. <laughs> All away from what he's playing. Yes, and, and that just means it's uh it's tight, right? It's it clips it after it's uh, yeah. Uh, gated snares came uh in the eighties with like hip hop and stuff like that, and then it like permeated like pop music. There was a whole switched on pop about it. And actually, speaking of switched on pop, I just listened to switched on pop about emo and uh, the girl who was on. I unfortunately I just don't remember her name, but she's a Vox reporter. That's uh one of their hosts is on paternity leave right now, so she came in to talk about emo, and she talks a lot about Jimmy Eat World. It's really good. Mm. Switched on pop. There anyway, they talked about gated snares, I think, recently. So, um, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that is um, one instrument that uh, I am not familiar with, the drums. The drums, yeah. The drums. I just don't. There's too much uh, to it that I don't want to uh, try and wrap my head around. You know, we were looking at other things from this uh, Jimmy World SoundCloud account that Zach had posted, and he was just talking about certain setups with the, I mean, I mean the the hardware that he was using, and and even I think he had a Twitter post a while back where he was explaining how he got his unique sound with his snare, how he would specifically yeah, loosen about or tighten them, and all kinds of exactly. stuff. Exactly, and I think that's that's a little too that's out of my wheelhouse. I'm just going to yeah. stick with six strings, <laughs> nylon or steel, and that's it, man. Yeah, Allegra Frank was who was on Switched on Pop. So, okay. Nate, talking who's about the musicologist. So it was cool hearing Nate listen to like Jimmy Eat World songs for the first time because she played Lucky Denver Mint, Praise Chorus, The Middle, and uh, I thought she played one more. I guess not. So yeah. Anyway, they talk about those songs on the episode, and uh, it's good, good stuff. Oh no, they did. They played Rockstar for a second. Anyway, Nate is oh, like good. a musicologist, so he starts breaking it down. Like, oh, this is probably why it was appealing. And these are like, even in Lucky Denver Mint, he talks about the shuffling 16th notes, but then the the whole notes for the melody in the in the chorus. And he was like, that's what makes it interesting. And I'm like, whoa, I never thought of it wow. that way. <laughs> right. Yeah, because they really break it down. Your ears are listening to the song in its yeah. entirety, right? Yeah. Anyway, but thanks to listen. Allegra Frank for getting yeah. some good Jimmy World content out in the world. Okay, I think that's enough for Takeoff Workers. Yeah. Day. What do you uh, think of this, man? What do you think of its? Uh, you know, I know it's short. Oh, it's a very much a departure there for uh, for uh, I don't know what accent I'm doing. It sounds like Chicago. Um, oh, it's close enough, eh? Yeah, I guess they're up north there. Eh? Um, uh, it's a very much a departure for Jimmy Eat World, and I know it's probably not an official song, but this is sort of like a filler episode. So there it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, it sounds like smoke on the water, kind of. Yeah, you know what? And it's a look into them having a little bit of uh, fun with uh, whatever equipment they're using. Yeah, I know that uh, Zach has been uh, posting more than uh, the the you know the band stuff, but yeah, it's still cool content. to listen to. It's weird, but uh, you know what? What I'd say: take off, horkers. That's all I got to oh. say about this, man. <laughs> yeah, be excellent <laughs> to each other, eh? Hey, and uh, uh, <laughs> can't do it in the wrong voice, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude I, okay, what am I supposed to say? Oh, and uh, uh party on, dudes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, and uh, party on, dudes. <laughs> oh, that's Jeez. good one. <laughs>